least I mean, he's, he's a he, he's crate. a Yorkie Chihuahua, so it's like even if he does poop, it's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like picking up a little cat turd. It's a yeah. Little, it's a little bean on the floor. Yeah, like, and his his favorite activity is to go in the cat's litter box and dig around and take their poop. Like, he likes yes, to do it, that, too. <laughs> I don't know why dogs do that, but they're great litter box cleaners. Yeah. I had to, I had to do, like, Except one of those. Except for the part where he doesn't actually clean it, though. Like, he just takes it out <laughs> of the litter box and puts it on the floor. Like, he doesn't take oh. it to the trash can. Oh, see, my dog just eats it. Just, like, chews oh. up and swallows it. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, your gracious host, joined by John and Brad. John, how are you doing this evening? That was not very uh, genuous of you to call yourself gracious. I am quite gracious, thank you. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think we should take a vote. <laughs> I don't know how much, I don't know what, what you guys heard before the before the music started, but Brian's been very mean. Yes. Very not gracious. And thanks for joining us for the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John, and you guys have a great weekend and enjoy the Falcons game. And now you can go to bed. Yep. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Anyway, John, how are you doing? Uh, fine. Wow. Brad, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good, Brian. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So, we have... The Panthers, without Cam Newton, playing the Falcons on Sunday. That should be fun. But uh, this all came from the Panthers officially, and by officially I mean within reason, being eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday against the Saints, where they scored seven points. And it was because Christian McCaffrey... Nine. Two things. One, it was on Monday. And two, they scored nine points. They scored nine points. I was going with the offense. I'm sorry. Seven well, points on the offense. You just said the Panthers. Well, you didn't fucking let me finish. Um, it was on well, Monday, also- though. Monday, so. It was on Monday. I'm sorry. Monday, the Panthers scored seven points on offense that had nothing to do with Cam Newton when Christian McCaffrey threw a pass to Chris Martinez, Manhurts, and the Panthers lost because... Nothing else could happen on offense. That was cool. That was fun to watch. That wasn't ugly at all. Um, oh, and Dante I'll Jackson say- had a return for a interception score on a two-point conversion. That was pretty cool to watch. But other than that, it was generally an ugly game. Go ahead, John. Tell us your thoughts. Oh, the offense thing tends to happen when your quarterback um, doesn't have an arm. Yes. That was like almost physically painful watching Cam try to throw the ball to anybody other than like the little flips to McCaffrey. Like whenever he would try to drive the ball down the field, 
it, it was just like, oh, that hurts my shoulder to watch. It was almost like they took Cam Newton, his, like, almost entire body, and put Jimmy Clausen's shoulder on it and expected it to yeah. work. I mean, he Which was, is- like, rearing back and torquing his whole body and then throwing ducks 10 yards down the field. It kind of looked like Peyton Manning in the last season of his career when he won a Super Bowl, minus the fact that Cam's, you know, like eight years younger and not coming off major neck surgery. So that was concerning for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was like it wasn't quite as bad. Like he could still throw it like there are times where he could throw it with some zip. It was just like it was so there was so much effort required to get the ball in the right direction with any sort of velocity that he wasn't really placing the ball. He was just kind of heaving it in the direction it was supposed to be going. And that's what we call a recipe for disaster. It's a bad thing. Brad, what did you think of the game? I thought it was a good game defensively. Like I said last week on the show that the Panthers and Saints would probably hold each other to a a low total of points. Um, you know, it was totally expected. Um, but I thought the defense played well enough that the offense let them down. And I think that if we would have had literally any quarterback other than Cam Newton with his current shoulder issue or Nathan Peterman, we would have won the game. Like the defense was that, was that good on Monday. You awake, Brian? I was. I thought maybe he had more to say. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, the defense definitely showed up on Monday. I was actually surprised by that. The secondary itself played very well. I, I was actually very impressed by the secondary. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but Bradbury had himself a pick. Dante Jackson had himself a pick. I felt the defense played pretty well despite them the Saints rushing the ball pretty well, but I felt that the Saints really did that after the Panthers were on offense or on defense for like 10 years in the first half. But maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? I mean, it was the same. The defense, in hindsight, it shouldn't have been surprising because for some reason, they just only know how to play football in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, on, on, like... I think we allow like one yard per attempt less at home than on the road. And all but one of our interceptions has been on at home. Um, The run defense is the same as it's always been where it's mostly good, like 90% of the time, but we give up two like 40 yard runs per game. So it's like, oh, that's, that was basically the average home performance for this defense this year in retrospect. It's very true. You know, uh, you know who threw that one interception to the Panthers while the Panthers were on the road? Matt Ryan. Sure did. Oh. Now if Matt Ryan can throw one interception to the Panthers while at home, that's like the equivalent of him throwing what, like seven, eight interceptions in Bank of America Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. The, scene, the, should... the math seems valid. Yeah. We gotta be on the lookout for that, guys. Uh. Matt Ryan may, may be on high interception watch. So speaking of Matt Ryan playing against his Panthers defense, the Falcons offense has still been, you know, pretty good despite the Falcons being pretty bad. Um, 
Julio is still a factor. Stephen Ridley is Calvin Ridley has been pretty good. Stephen Ridley. There's a lot of Ridleys in the NFL. Uh, Calvin Ridley has been pretty good for them Dude. as a first round pick, despite being <laughs> like 45 years old as a wide receiver. Um, I love mixing up ex- uh, accidentally calling very relevant players by obscure player names. Stephen Ridley is not obscure. First of all, he's a backup for the Steelers. Um, so yeah. Anyway, the Falcons' offense has been pretty good despite losing Devontae Freeman. Uh, they actually lost Ito Smith this week as well. So now they're back up to Tevin Coleman essentially as the number one guy. They've been shuffling a lot of offensive linemen in and out. Um, this could be a very good game for the defense as far as just seeing what they have with the younger guys now that. Shaq Thompson's on IR. I imagine the Julius Peppers won't be super involved, but the big thing I want to see is the Panthers secondary against the Falcons skilled positions on offense, because despite whatever issues they've had, that skill position group is very good. And the Panthers skill position group has been either very bad, mediocre or pretty good. And it seems to vary. So, John, what do you have to say about that? I have no idea what you were talking about. I had a phone call. What in the fucking hell? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Did you understand what I said there, Brad? (laughs) No. (laughs) I was going to listening, John. (laughs) I don't know if you heard my phone ring and I was like, uh, like my girlfriend knows that we podcast at this time, so maybe it's an emergency. And she was just asking me if my brother likes watches, so she could get him some. <laughs> <laughs> give me the give me the cliff notes of what you asked me. So what I asked was pretty simple. Um, the Falcons have been shuffling offensive linemen in and out. They just lost Ito Smith, and they've already lost Devonte Freeman. So Tevin Coleman is pretty much the guy running the football. But the skill positions for the Falcons are pretty good still. With Calvin Ridley, yes. Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, they have like a very good group there. And I think that a good group like matchup to watch is going to be the Panthers' defensive backs against the Falcons' offensive skill positions. So my question... Yes, because Dante Jackson got roasted by Calvin Ridley uh, the first time we played. Yes, and I think that Dante Jackson has come a long way since then. And he's starting to play less like a rookie and more like a guy who's been in the league for, you know, a year or two. <laughs> um, yes. So, sorry, I was sorry to, to do that to you. That's fine. But it just seems like this game doesn't really matter much. But I think that this specific matchup that I just described is the one that if you're looking at this from this game and projecting it forward into the future is the one you want to see what happens you want to see how the players produce you want to see how they perform you want to see what they do in reaction to what the falcons throw at them i think that that's the big thing panthers fans should be looking at i mean pretty much we don't have anything else to look at with you know where we are in the season so like like it's like you were saying like if if jackson looks better against ridley than he did the first time around like that's a good thing if uh I feel like Bradbury will do fine against Julio just because, you know, it's, it's Bank of America Stadium, and that's where we know how to play football. 
Um, Julio might not even play. He's been held out of practice. Yeah, there's really. there's a chance he won't play. They're in the same boat as us. <laughs> you know, this made me realize just like going through like you know who else to pay attention to, and it's just like wow, Dante Jackson's the only young player on defense, and Bradbury to an extent. Bradbury's Bradbury's got what one more year in his contract at this point, so yeah, you want to see. You want to see consistent starter level cornerback production from him. And I think this year we saw more of it than last year, but I don't think we saw it consistently enough for me to say he's the guy you want every Sunday defending the other team's number one receiver. Yeah, he's just kind of a rotational cornerback. Yeah. And he's done With well. With the potential. Yeah. He's done With well. With like the instantly. potential to have lockdown games. Go ahead. Just nice. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just, uh, he has like the potential to have lockdown games, but over the course of a season, he's just kind of like a slightly above average corner, probably. And it's weird because there's games where he plays against like really high level wide receivers and does pretty well. I mean, I didn't feel like Michael Thomas did a whole lot to him on Sun on a Monday. And obviously he had that one game against Mike Evans earlier in the year where he limited the guy to one catch on 10 targets. Like, it's just not consistent enough for me to say the Panthers should probably extend him after next year. I mean, I think we'd probably still extend him. Just it, the, the amount of money we'd extend him for is up for debate. Yeah, and that's another problem is that Nowadays in the NFL, other teams may be willing to pay more for that potential rather than what you've seen for the last four years on his rookie deal. Yeah. So who knows? But I just it, oh go ahead yeah it's and then I guess I guess like hopefully maybe we see a little bit more of a uh, Rashawn Golden, um, because that, that's about the only other player worth paying attention to on the defensive end of the ball. Everybody else is kind of like, uh, mm, don't hurt yourself. Yeah, I mean Mike you got, Adams you got is games play next year. Mike Adams is like if he hasn't already started collecting that AR AARP, he's like there next year. And uh Eric Reed, I don't know if he'll be back next year. I mean, like, I feel like the Panthers could re sign him. I'm just curious to see if they will. I don't know what his market will look like after this, you know, sixty five drug tests a week <laughs> season for him. Probably won't be great. No, I mean, I, I can't imagine it would be, and I would think that maybe Carolina should consider bringing him back, but I don't know. I just feel like I have, a, I have this feeling they're not going to. You know who should hire Eric Reed? Who, Brad? Who should hire, who should hire Eric Reed? Josh Gordon. Eric Reed was his piss in the NFL. Because like, you know if there's even the slightest because if, if there's hint even anything hint of like anything like he could have smoked marijuana when he was 13 years old and they would flag him for it like he's clean as a whistle he could have even like one extra poppy seed in his bagel and they'd have flagged him for it yeah speaking of Josh Gordon was that ever clarified like what he what he did marijuana like it, was, uh, it was marijuana again I think that's what I saw earlier. Yeah, I don't know if it was like a marijuana thing or like a, just a 
you know, not I adhering was, to his probation things. I think, it was, yeah, I think it was Rappaport that reported that they told him that either yesterday or this morning that he was being suspended indefinitely, and he posted his message about, I'm taking time away to get in front of the story. Yeah. I'm seeing, all I'm seeing is he violated his terms of reinstatement. Yeah, I mean, the the thing I saw about marijuana could be incorrect. I mean, I don't want to speculate, but, yeah. um, I mean, it's probably that if it's related to using anything, because he had a long list of of conditions of reinstatement. So it could have been anything, like, like I said in the Slack chat, he could have stayed at a nightclub past 11 o'clock. You know, yeah, I mean, it's like missed a curfew or something, curfew or something. It could have been anything, but, um, all jokes aside, I genuinely hope he gets the help he needs. Yeah. Yeah. All I see is violating the terms of his conditional reinstatement, which is kind of crazy to me that like his conditional reinstatement lasts that long. Like, you know, either he's good or he's not good like how long does he have to be back before they're like all right you're just reinstated now <laughs> you're allowed to have a life Cause again because like, it's been what over a year because he played at the for the browns at the end of last year too so it's been over a year where it's like you're still conditionally reinstated like you're basically still on I think probation it's for... a, i think it's a calendar year it was it's been but, a calendar year it's been a calendar year but i and in the past i always thought it was a calendar year but he could be an exception because he's been suspended how many times like he's potentially looking at a lifetime ban makes sense for smoking weed drinking alcohol. yeah no, it's, yeah it's so terrible <laughs> what an awful person sounds like grounds for unemployment yeah i know how dare he smoke weed rather than beat his significant other that's, yeah. that's what i was about to I mean, say if he would have just if he would have just beat up his girlfriend he'd lose four games and be back i mean yeah. that's just mm -hmm. and none of us would be any the wiser afterwards yeah, Washington would claim him on waivers like right off the bat. Yeah, Washington would have already picked him up. I mean, he wouldn't have even got suspended if there was no video evidence. Like he could have just said, "I don't know what you're talking about," and it would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So, looking forward at the how. Oh, I have something to ask. How are we less outraged now that Cam Newton's not playing, or? Are we somewhat back outraged because they still won't put him on injured reserve? Go ahead, I'm Brad. more outraged. <laughs> um, two things. One, I think it's Bush League that they won't put him on injured reserve. And I understand that there's an argument to be made that he could get paid by being on the active roster and he could lose money. And if that's the case and Cam wants to just be on the active roster and not play, then so be it. But I don't think that's the gist of it. Ron Rivera is one of those old school guys that thinks, Oh, if I say cam is not on IR, he's there's a chance he might play little game plan for him and Heineke in practice and they'll waste practice time. That's not going to happen. Um, the Falcons and saints are not going to devote practice time to cam Newton when they know that he's not going to play. Uh, cam Newton can't throw a football more than 10 yards. And if he does, it takes like full body, effort to just do it so there's no game planning against cam newton for the next two weeks and i think it's kind of bullshit that they'll they'll put graham cano on injured reserve they'll put shaq thompson on injured reserve 
They put Greg Olson on injured reserve, but they won't put Cam Newton on injured reserve. And it, it just, when you have a franchise quarterback, there are only, I would argue at the most, 12 genuine, true, number one franchise cannot win without him quarterbacks in the NFL. You have one. Why are you doing this? Why are you goofing around with his health, his long-term health? You're six and eight. Uh, you're not going to win more than eight games, and that's a stretch because one of those is New Orleans. I don't care if they're resting their starters in Week 17. The Panthers are not going to win in New Orleans, um, especially not with Taysom Hill at quarterback. It's just not going to happen. But that's number one. Why are you not putting on him on IR? Number two, he got hurt against Pittsburgh when T.J. Watt hit him in the shoulder and it's been getting progressively worse ever since. Why did we wait until now? Why didn't we let him get the medical attention he needs three weeks ago? I believe it was against Tampa Bay when he looked like he couldn't, he couldn't throw then it's, this has not been a, all of a sudden he can't throw. It's been a gradual descent into the abyss like he's gotten worse and worse and worse since pittsburgh you know we're we're on a losing streak i get it ron's trying to coach for his job he's trying to make the playoffs i understand all that but when you have a franchise quarterback that you're paying a hundred million dollars for and his shoulder is clearly not right bench him Put him on injured reserve, let him have surgery, let him get it fixed, and have him ready to go next year. Do what the Colts did with Andrew Luck. Yes, it took, what, 18 months for him to come back, but he looks better than ever. And when you have a guy like Cam, you have to make that commitment to invest that time to get him back to 100%. Because when he's 100%, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And yes, when he's 75%, he's better than Taylor Heineke, but it doesn't matter. You need him to be 100%. And even if we made the playoffs, even if we didn't lose six straight games, you know, there's no way they're going to go on the road three straight weeks and win out. The way this team is built this year, it's just not going to happen. So, yes, I'm very upset. <laughs> I the thing that I always that I said when it first happened was um it's crazy to me that we shut down our kicker and then eventually put him on injured reserve because he's dealing with the sore knee and meanwhile we're like our quarterback's dealing with the sore shoulder which is literally the most important part of his body and they're like yeah he can tough it out yeah. Well, and I, like obviously, I don't know the the specifics to know like the severity of their their injuries from a medical perspective, but just like the optics of it, not not great. And then you know, Shaq Thompson goes on IR today for seemingly no reason, and all this stuff. And it's like, why why is all this happening now? And the quarterback, who's the most important player with an ailing most important body part, is just kind of like a, it'll be okay. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, and, and what gets me is. You know, the, the Charlotte media reported that Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, Cam Newton, and David Tepper were in on this meeting, and they all decided 
that it was best for Cam for them to sit him for the last two weeks and that Cam was not happy, but he understood. And yeah. what tells me is that David Tepper came into the room and he looked at Ron and Marty and he said, if you don't bench Cam Newton now, I'm going to fire you because you're being stupid. You know, we're paying him. What's he's got three years left on his contract of that we that was originally one hundred and three million dollars, and I think it's around sixty million of it's left to be paid. And you're not going to take care of his shoulder. Hey, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that that like I said that. It, and my anger has subsided a little bit because at least they finally they came around to the right side of things. But there are a few things in sports that actually genuinely make me angry. And this handling of his shoulder and this, like, oh, well, we're still not mathematically eliminated, so we'll, we'll see how practice goes this week. It's like, Ron, there's one possible solution or situation where we can make the playoffs. Just, just, just call it up. Just call it off. Just call it the dogs. Just, yeah, just let him heal up. It's a 0.9% chance. Uh, right now, the Panthers have a 0.9% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose on Sunday to the Falcons, they're eliminated mathematically. They cannot get in at 7-9. and nine. The only way or, they can get in is 8-8. Eight and eight. Or if Minnesota wins, or if Washington wins. Yeah. Uh, and, we're also out. Yeah, and it's been that way for three weeks. Like, it's been a – the Panthers can only get in – after the Seattle loss, we were pretty much eliminated. Like that—that that was the game we had to win because we we would have owned the tiebreaker over them, and we would have owned the tiebreaker over several teams. But it it got to the point where, it, like you said, it's we have to win out. Minnesota has to lose. Seattle has to lose. Somebody, the Washington has to lose. Um, the Cowboys have to win the division. the The moon has to wax crescent. Mm-hmm. The it has to rain on Thursday. Like, there's all kinds of weird shit that has to happen. Like, well, Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia has to win this week, or no? Philadelphia has to lose. No, Philadelphia has to lose this week because they have to beat Washington in the last week. And if because so yeah, yeah, it's like a long list of of stuff that has to happen. And it's like a couple of weeks ago, the Raiders were still technically in it, but Mm. like 34 teams had to lose in a specific way. You know, we're out. Like, yeah, math says that it's greater than zero, but we're out. You know, protect your franchise guy. And your kicker. And your kicker. Yes, God, (laughs) protect your kicker, man. I mean, it's he's Graham Gano. You got to make sure he's okay. I'm so curious about what his actual like knee ailment was cuz it kind of it was just one of those like super convenient like oh man Graham is struggling. Oh man, Graham's now on the injury report, you know, like Yeah, it was sudden. The, the order, uh, yeah, it was a sudden soreness and then it was suddenly right after he hit a rough patch of the season, which obviously I understand that injuries can make you play, you know, can hinder your performance, but it's it's quite the coincidence when it comes out afterwards, like, oh, well, what's the matter with Graham? Well, uh, 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 well, uh, his knee hurts. Yeah, his knee hurts. That's why he missed that extra point. Yeah, exactly. Jordan reported that he's been dealing with it for a while, and he's considering surgery. I don't know if that's just furthering the cause of 
well, he's not playing well, so his knee hurts, or if it's legitimate. I'm not saying that Jordan is not a good reporter. I'm just saying that the team could be feeding her bad information. Um, cause, I mean, maybe it know, has been bothering him for a while. It's just like I said, it's yeah, just funny it that be, it doesn't it become be, a public issue. He, yeah, he could have tweaked it when he kicked that game-winning 63-yarder. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's been hurt ever since. But it just it's odd, the timing of the announcement. Yeah. It's like Shaq Thompson. Like he he hurt his shoulder on Monday night, apparently, and now he's on injured reserve. Like, why? Why risk the Why risk the further injury when the season's already over? Yeah, but you could keep him active and just not put him in the game. Like you could, because they called up Kyle Allen in his roster spot. Just put Cam on IR. Yeah, you know, I feel just like quarterbacks, and then if in Shaq. He's okay. He could play, you know, five snaps or whatever, or you could just put him on the, the list of players who don't play on Sunday. Like, you don't have to put him on injured reserve. Or is that both of them? On injured reserve and call up a linebacker from the practice squad. I mean, it's not like we don't have 30 of them. The, the thing that, uh, that I like about that, the whole thing too, um, is. It's like we're holding on to Cam Newton in case we do make the playoffs. Oh, absolutely is what he's doing. He's holding on Cam two weeks off just in case everything goes the right way. Yeah. Because 0.9 is greater than zero, and there's a chance. I mean, it would be hilarious if – and I almost want this to happen is that we actually do make the playoffs and then we win the Super Bowl with, with Heineke at quarterback. Like the Eagles did with Nick Foles. Yeah, like, I want situation. that to happen so bad. But I, I do think Ron is giving Cam these two weeks off to hope and pray that we make the playoffs. I mean, I honestly can't blame that idea, though. It's one roster spot. Like, I don't want Cam Newton to play at all for the rest of the year, but I can understand why you just, like, keep that roster spot open and let your quarterback rest two weeks. In case you actually yeah, but see the that's playoffs. the thing though. He needs he needs to to be shut down completely he, if you're going to shut him does, down. Does but at the same time, how do you, how mad do you think Cam would be if they made the playoffs and he was on IR? I don't care about his feelings. I mean, <laughs> uh, you have to protect him from himself, like, and you have to protect Ron Rivera from himself. Like, you have to take the option off the table. It's like, I mean, I I don't know of any coach who wouldn't be tempted to just to do that. I mean, it's, it's cam, like you would put him in there, but if the Panthers make the playoffs, there's a very good chance that they're going to Chicago on wildcard weekend. And if you put cam Newton back there, Khalil Mack will end his career. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's, you're playing a dangerous game and I just, I don't think it's worth the risk. They could use them like Taysom Hill. I mean, that works out for the saints. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, if Cam was half the quarterback that Taysom Hill is. If he was, like, a little bit shorter, white, and could kind of run instead and could, like, kind of throw when he was healthy. And willing to special teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he'd be a great Taysom Hill replacement. Maybe Taylor Heineke is Taysom Hill. Oh, baby. Now, Taylor Heineke's throwing three touchdowns Sunday. Calling it now. <laughs> I will say he, he, does, he is very athletic. Like, he ran roughly the same 40 is. times. He ran like the same forty time as Cam. He's he's not he's pretty athletic. Oh, he's not, yeah, he's actually a pretty decent quarterback. Like he's not he's not Nathan Peterman. 
I mean, he's he's not Cam Newton, but he he's not bad. Like he threw for like 800 yards in college in one game. So did Case Keenum. Yeah, that's college. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it, it was for Old Dominion. I think they were playing like Division One AAA or some shit. But do we do we talk about on this show Josh Johnson's playoff um, playoff stats or I mean college stats? No. Um, we had no reason me, to. But no. <laughs> Maybe I did with I don't know, but um, just because you're talking about like his stats at Old Dominion. Um, Josh Johnson, his senior year at, at uh, University of San Diego, um, on 300 pass attempts through 42 touchdowns and one interception. Jesus That's Christ. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, more than 10% of his passes were touchdowns. He averaged 10 yard, or 9.9 yards per attempt and threw 40 down t- 42 touchdowns to one interception. So, yeah. Not bad. Guy's got to have more Super Bowls than Tom Brady at this point. <laughs> yeah. His last his last three years in college, the three years he started, he threw 108 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Fuck. Damn. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. College. Go Josh Johnson. Nice. <laughs> Good for him. Oh, that got him drafted in the fifth round, and he didn't really ever do anything until now. Yeah, I think Eight, that's ten, my favorite thing later. quarterbacks. They like they run these air raid offenses and they throw for 400,000 yards and then they get in the NFL if they even get in the NFL and they're they're Taylor Heineke. Don't you talk yeah, like, about Taylor like, Heineke that no way. <laughs> well, like I just said with Josh Johnson through what I say 42 touchdowns and one interception and yeah. then his, his first season in the NFL he threw four touchdowns and eight interceptions. Yeah. He won a game last week, though, didn't he? He did. He sure did. He sure did. Late bloomer, in my opinion. Late bloomer. <laughs> it's Jacksonville, so it doesn't really count for that much, but still. <laughs> so speaking of things not counting for much, how about those score predictions for the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons game on Sunday? We're for sure going to win. Yeah? Go ahead, John. Tell us what Tell us what you think. Give us your score prediction. We're gonna we're gonna win like twenty eight to thirteen. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna be like, oh, see, we should be good, and then we're all gonna get mad again <laughs> because it's like, why don't we do this all season? <laughs> uh, Brad, what is, what is your score prediction? You know, I think we're gonna win too, um, <laughs> because of two reasons. One, basically, what John just said, because we're all gonna be mad when it happens. Um, and two, because it will actually harm us because we're at the point where we need to focus on draft position more than making the playoffs because, like we've said, it's not going to happen. Um, so we'll win. Uh, this game is going to be an absolute shit show. Uh, it's going to be probably the most entertaining game of the year, and it's going to be one of those both teams are like, no, you win. We insist. And... I just think we're going to make one fewer mistake than the Falcons do. I think Taylor Heineke is going to come in and be Tom Brady to Cam Newton's Drew Bledsoe. Uh, I think that he's going to throw for a four-burger, and he's going to throw three touchdowns. Wow. And I think we're going to win 35-20. to 20. Holy fuck, Brad. That's amazing. 
because that was almost exactly my prediction on the Falcopolic podcast, and that's exactly what my prediction is now. I think that the Panthers will win 35-21, to 21, and Taylor Heineke will three, throw three touchdown passes, including at least one to Curtis Samuel. And that was my prediction literally an hour earlier, which is amazing. <laughs> I That means so it's going to happen. Sure gonna well, happen. so here's the reasoning behind it, despite the absurdity of it. I think the fact that we're going to have Norv Turner, who isn't going to give a shit what happens on offense, and this generally skilled group of offensive players, combined with the fact that now they can throw the ball down the field, I think they may actually have some success. Because what... Why not just, like, let Taylor Heineke go out there and sling it? What's the worst that happens? This team loses? Okay. Yeah, yeah we're already out of the playoffs. Yeah, this, like, been, this, is, this is the Rex Grossman, fuck it, I'm going deep game. Like, that's what's going to happen. He's just going to sling it all over the field. Like, they don't have Derek Anderson anymore. Like, Taylor Heineke was the guy who was their backup for Cam Newton to start the year. So why not let him go out there and just showcase what he's got? It just doesn't make sense not to. He's Absolutely gonna do it. Yeah, he's gonna run somebody over. We'll be calling him Meineke Heineke. <laughs> he's gonna throw a hail mary for a touchdown, and it's gonna be, we're gonna be hail Taylor. And next thing we know, next Monday, we're all gonna be talking about how maybe Taylor Heineke is the guy who beats out Cam Newton next year, because that's how Carolina football works. Yep, the new Matt Moore, the new Matt, the new Moore, Matt Moore, except better. We should definitely come out, and thanks to Walker for for workshopping this idea with me, but definitely come out and just run it up the middle on first down, maybe even run it up the middle again on second down, and then just throw it deep, because there's no way they're going to expect Taylor Heineke to unleash it um, after we establish the run. In case it doesn't work, yeah, on first down, you run CMC up the middle for two yards. Yep, and then you go play action, and they're like, "Up oh, here they go again," and, and then you just wide over open the top. Martinez down the field. Yep, <laughs> hit Martinez for his second consecutive long touchdown from a white guy who can kind of throw. You have no idea how much I want that to happen. I want Chris Manhurts to be the guy that scores the fifty-yard bomb again. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Martin scores. <laughs> Did you see like Joe Tessitor text him to uh, apologize for calling him the wrong name? I did see that. Like, if he actually thought that was Chris pretty Manhurt. cool. That's a good shout from Tessitore. As if he actually had Chris Manhurts' number, because that's so widely available to NFL analysts. Like, come on, man. I'm sure it's pretty easy to get a phone number if you if oh, people know absolutely who you are. Easy. I mean, <laughs> Tessitore hey, can you probably has they probably have Greg Olson's phone number or um. Somebody like that, and they could just say, "Hey, what's Chris Martinez's phone number?" <laughs> would have been funny if Chris, if Greg Olson gave him Ian Thomas's phone number instead. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> it just it just like, like like I don't know, you know, like who's watching the game, and you know, like his family or friends or whatever. And it's that's by far in a way the biggest play of his career. And then they just like the announcer yelling Martinez, just not even yelling his name. Like, oh, that kind of ruins that highlight for you. Dishonor yeah. my family. Hopefully, uh, somebody's got the audio of Mick Mixon calling it. Except he's probably still talking about like Cam taking this, or yeah, taking the snap by the time Manhurts scores. But still, yeah, he's still he's, he's still literally he, the lineup like they're how they're lined up at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> he's actually gotten to the point now where he's talking about that Christian McCaffrey is now starting to come up with bro. Mm-hmm. Like he's finally rearing up to throw the ball. That's where he's at right now. It's been a 
my favorite thing that Mick does, and I don't know why in the hell he does it, but my favorite thing he does is when we're lined up for a kick, extra point, field goal, it doesn't matter. And he says that Polardi is looking for the perfect blade of grass on which to place the ball. And it kills me every single time. Like, why are you saying that? Nobody cares. <laughs> He's Polardi got a lot does. of that stuff. He does a lot of That's those things. Ample test. The ample perfect blade of grass. No. Just a giant like weed sticking out of the middle of the field. <laughs> the one that I thought about is that he um his the way he describes plays are just very inaccurate to the actual result of the play. Like he'll he'll compliment the defense on swarming to the ball and be very excited and then like wrap it up with a gain of nine, second and one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like the defense swarms the football. Yeah, and Alvin Kamara gets it close to the first down on it's first like, down. It's a great job of the by the defense swarming to the football and getting Kamara down without uh, letting him break a bunch of tackles. Gain of fourteen, first down, Saints. <laughs> yeah. Luke Keekley with the great ta- with the great form tackle to bring down Alvin Kamara. And that's a 17-yard gain on first down. Yes, exactly. Great it's, job defense. It's so hard to understand. Like, you really don't know what's happening play to play on the radio until after the play's over, and you get a time to kind of like get stuff summarized. And this yeah. crowd is loving it as they're all booing because they're on <laughs> they're on the five-yard line. And then Eugene shouts something incomprehensible too. Like <laughs> Nick says it. I, I think I've told you like the last the one. That's time a I red zone scoring opportunity, Mick. <laughs> that Mick, Mick Mixon was still describing the previous play, and Eugene Robinson just yelled, "Oh!" like as a reaction to the play that was actually happening live now. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! This is my official job application for the three of us to be the <laughs> the Panthers commentators on Sundays because I feel like we do a decent job. Could be worse. There might we be could some have Jason Witten and Booger McFarlane. This is oh, true. <laughs> this is very true. Jesus I've never Christ listened so to bad. them so much because I usually have Monday Night Football on as like background noise or whatever. But listening to them actually do the play by play was I understand why they're always like trending on Twitter when they're when Monday Night Football yeah, on instead of the actual game. Really, really bad. Like Witten is the really bad one. Booker isn't too terrible. He just he's at the player haters ball. Like he hates everything. Like he's like he was. I mean, he was hating on everybody. Like you got to make that tackle. That's why you're in the NFL. You know, I'm like, damn, dude. Like you hating on everybody. Both teams. I love you. Booger, you weren't even that good of a defensive tackle. Relax. I love when people do that thing that Booger does a lot of where they say, like, if you want to be in this league, you have to make that tackle. As if the dude was just like, ah, I mean, I, I thought I'd be okay if I just let the guy go. It's like, obviously yeah. he knows that. Like, you're not you, – you, Yeah, and, you and, as if not, and it's not as if the ball carrier is also a professional athlete getting paid millions yeah. of dollars as well. Like – I just I, – <laughs> it always kills me when people have that take where it's just like, oh, you have to do that better. It's like, well – well, Thanks. yeah, like, no that, shit. <laughs> that was what their that was their intent. It just didn't work. Like, let's let's talk about that part of things. Like, why it didn't work, not that it didn't. Oh boy. 
Gotta love the color analysts of the NFL. Jason um, was definitely one of those. I just, I, you know, I just don't like Cam. I don't, I can't tell you like one reason. It's just, yeah. there's some about him. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I just don't <laughs> like the guy. Um, yeah. Maybe it's because I've never had a black quarterback throw to me. Maybe that's what it is. He did. Oh, he had Carter. Yeah, he had Dak Prescott uh, last right. year. And Dak Prescott, well, yeah. Mm. That is true. I forgot that Jason <laughs> Witten retired this year. I thought he retired two years ago. Yeah, I mean, he should have probably retired. I two years ago. <laughs> should have retired five years ago. <laughs> it is pretty funny, like not to, and I know this gets like real touchy, but the two quarterbacks I hear the most of like criticism for them missing receivers, like on like every time they miss a receiver, like everybody freaks out, like wow, this guy's garbage. Are Cam Newton and Dak Prescott? Yeah. I meanwhile, why. Tom Brady has. Meanwhile, Tom Brady has like one of the worst completion percentages and interception percentages in the NFL this year under pressure. But you know, he's Tom yeah. Brady, so he gets away with it. Oh, my favorite yeah, like, thing Monday night was when Witten and Booger were saying that Cam's completion percentage is high, and that's great, but it's because he's throwing short now. You know, and they completely ignore that when, like, Kirk Cousins has a 72% completion percentage, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and, and then they they talked about how bad his completion percentage was when he wasn't doing that and just, yeah, well, just left it alone. Yeah, like, no shit. I mean, he's playing on a bum shoulder. Like, you haven't mentioned his injury once, like, all night. He has, like... Uh, he was like fifth in the NFL in completion percentage above expectation, like based on the th- types of throws he was making. And it's just like, he's just not consistently accurate. Like I think it was Jason Witten kept talking about like, they need good cam to show up more often. Like he did in 2015, if they're going to go anywhere, it's like, have you paid any attention? Like, is if the cams up and downs are the reason he's been bad this year? Like he's had a hundred passer rating in like eight games this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good it's, enough. It's, all about that W. There's in an even year when Cam Newton is on top of his game and everything's rolling on the offense. We can't stop anybody, and we lose like 31 to 28. But when the defense plays lights out, we can't score. Like it's been that way all year. Well, yeah. the thing about Cam, the thing about Cam that will always drive me crazy is that if he's winning football games, he's not good because he's not meeting your traditional quarterback metrics. But if he's not winning games, but he is meeting your traditional quarterback metrics. He's not winning, so therefore he's bad. Yeah, it's never, it's never, it's never like, oh, he's playing well, but the team's losing. It's always like, oh, he's playing bad, but the team's winning, or he's playing well, but the team's losing. And either way, it's always his fault. Yeah, that was how it was with uh, and that's like the impression the Monday Night Football crew gave uh, during the game was just like. Yeah, the reason the Panthers have been struggling is because Cam Newton's thrown like the second most interceptions in the league. If you go back to the worst game of the season that he played, it's like, oh, that's not skewed Meanwhile, at all. The defense is, you know, like bottom three worst in damn near every statistical category, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Uh, gotta love Panthers football. Just can't ever please can't ever please those color commentators who know so much about football. If Greg Olson just, decides not to come back, that's that needs to be his job next year. Yes. Just replace Jason Witten and go in there and show us that you know what you're talking about because we know I mean, he did a real good job the one time he did it. The other was it last year? Yeah, Greg yeah. When Olson he when he was coming back for it, 
he's got a knack for it, especially when he steals secrets for the Panthers. It's always nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else we'd like to add about the Falcons Panthers game on Sunday? Nah. No, nah. I don't. No. Sure, it's going to be ugly, but as we said, the Panthers will win this game and Taylor Heineke will look good. So look forward to that on Sunday and follow us on Twitter while we have a ton of fun with that, I'm sure. Um, But this is the Keep Sounding Podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We will probably talk to you next week after whatever the outcome is of this Falcons-Panthers game. This is Brian, your gracious host, joined by John and Brad. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Later. See ya. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff, and he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps. Lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass, McCaffrey, touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know. It is good, and Carolina gets a road win in New England. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.